Welcome to episode three of 10 Bound Research Labs hosted by Derek Williams. 10 Bound Research Labs is a special podcast series focused solely on researching the top technology tools that teams are using to see sales development success. And for episode three, Derek's brought on Eric Buckley, president at Scipio. And the episode kicks off with Eric detailing how his career started as a product marketer and how he got to where he is now. As the episode rolls along, Derek and Eric talk about the broad picture of where text messaging fits into top of funnel outreach, a hot topic nowadays, and Eric gives some great insight there. At the 20 minute mark, Derek talks about the power of omni-channel outreach and the unique aspects of texting as a channel for reaching and standing out to your prospects. At the 40-minute mark, Eric provides some really tactical examples of some outstanding outbound prospecting that he's gotten as an executive, and any SDR out there making any outbound outreach needs to get their pen and paper out for this one. The episode wraps up with Eric going over how you can discover more about Scipio and who their ideal users are. This is a fantastic episode that really highlights the exact reason why this podcast exists, to give people on the front lines that are listening an opportunity to learn about something as exciting as Scipio from the president himself. If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to leave us a review and a five-star rating. Enjoy episode number three of the 10 Bound Research Labs podcast hosted by Derek Williams featuring Eric Buckley, president at Scipio. Hi, everyone. This is Derek Williams with 10 Bound, and this is the Research Labs podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I have a very special guest today, our good friend Eric Buckley. He's the president of Scipio. Scipio is helping SDR teams get more responses, set more appointments, and convert more customers with the most conversational business text messaging platform on the market. So I'm really excited to be speaking with Eric today. He's been president, actually, at Scipio for nearly three years and actually started with the company as VP of Marketing, which we'll get into in a moment. We definitely want to hear his origin story. But Eric, you and I actually have a very interesting connection. And, you know, around the time you and I were introduced for this podcast around three weeks ago, I was recording an episode actually with our mutual friend, the host of the Sales and Evangelist podcast, Donald C. Kelly, as he refers to himself. Around that time, Donald actually had traveled to Salt Lake City, I think, and that's where he met with you and your team, where you're based at. And you guys were able to work on some content and things of that sort. So definitely... Go check out that podcast too, guys. You don't hear that very often. We want you to rate and review our podcast, but definitely check out the (laughs) Sales Evangelist podcast with Donald C. Kelly. That is actually his podcast that's sponsored by Scipio. So that's really cool. And I thought that was a good tie-in. But anyway, with that said, thanks for being on the podcast, Eric. Oh, wow. What a pleasure it is. And every time I've interacted with you now, Derek, I think you're just as great as Donald C. But it is funny. That's how he introduces him. Donald C. Kelly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He doesn't want to drop that initial. Yeah, it's a unique identifier. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into your background a little bit, if we could. I'm always interested in the journey that our guests have taken to get to where they are now. So can you just kind of give us your background a little bit? And specifically, the inflection point I'm most interested in is your transition from product marketing. That's where the bulk of I see your background lies with a variety of very well-known companies, companies like Domo as an example. I know you were with IBM for a while, but now you're president for the first time over there at Scipio. So I'm, I'm really interested in that inflection point. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Derek. I appreciate the introduction as well. And while Scipio, what an opportunity it's been for me. So going back several years, I started my career as product marketer and with the, the focus on the discipline of how to design solutions for common problems, right? So with IBM, and this is back for those of you that are just a bit younger, this is back when IBM was one of the largest companies in the absolute world. Today, it's more focused on consulting and and doesn't have the service and products set that it once did. But after that incredible journey, I learned so much. It was, they're so well organized and how they go about things. It allowed me to really get excited about the prospect of doing things the traditional way, but also including the new. And I had an opportunity while at IBM to kind of run a new product. We were going after kind of the 
open systems market, $300 million product line called LTO, which was really fun. And I worked directly with our general manager, which you know, was about a thousand person organization, our division, and he was in charge. And, and I, I loved it. it. It gave me such an experience of being in charge of like, it's not just to go to market plans, but it's like, what's our pricing look like? What does our competition look like? How do we train the sales? And, and so I had an opportunity to kind of do all things and it taught me quite a bit. And that education has led me through the rest of my career. But through that career, I've done sales. I've done, I've led sales teams, but I just always come back to marketing. Absolutely love it. Well, my prior company to this was being acquired and I was just in a position where I was looking for to place some other people. And someone had mentioned, hey, you want to take a look at the Scipio and and I said, yeah, I'm good where I'm at. But I met with the leadership at Scipio and really, really loved them. Good people. And I thought, there's something different here. I like what they have going on. So I joined Scipio at the time, not even realizing exactly what they did. Hmm. They were just kind of getting started. But they had a good start going, some good momentum. And over the first several months, my responsibilities just grew. I recognized Scipio for exactly what it was, a product that I would have salivated over had I been a sales rep myself. And in the past, if I had had that, I could have increased sales. I'm not exaggerating, 25 to 35% just by having Scipio usage. And I loved it. I just, I loved our product. So when our current CEO, when he began investing in another company, it began to boom. He allowed me the opportunity to take on the role as president and kind of run it from there. So it's been it's been an incredible journey for me personally, but also for Scipio and what it is that we do and how we are business texting. There's no doubt. I mean, yep. we text just like anybody else, but how we position ourselves and how people use us is slightly different. And I think there's some, you know, obviously commonalities among some of the, the many texting platforms, but the way in which we are talking about it and focusing on it for SDRs is completely unique. And I'm excited mm. to talk about that today. But for my transition from marketing to president, you know, this might shock a lot of people, but not marketers. There's not a whole lot different. In marketing, you have to be constantly worrying about what is the market doing? What is your customer? Who do they look like? What do they look like? What's their buying cycle? What is the real problem you want to solve? And then position yourself as the solution to that particular problem that is cost-effective, easy to adapt and adopt, and et cetera. And as president, it's just keeping all of us focused on that same exact vision. So, But we have an amazing leadership team here at Scipio, just, just great people and a great team. And we're, we're, we're still growing and it's, it's been fantastic. We've loved every minute of it. Well, that's an awesome story. And I yeah. think, you know, inspirational for anyone who's in a you know product or you know marketing director role who aspires to you know run an organization down the road is you know learning from those origin stories so thank you yeah. for sharing that and i, yeah, I hope you, know, that- you know what i'll say one more thing because i want to say something in love and defense of product marketers product marketing is such a unique position within an organization and if you're an organization listening to this and you don't have product marketers you need to stop and consider why not. Because a product marketer, what that individual does is kind of the hub of the wheel. There's a lot of different spokes. As product marketing, if you're doing it correctly, you're working directly with finance because you're working with what you know costs look like, what you're going to price it at, what profitability, mark, cost of goods, et cetera. Because you have to understand how you position yourself against competition as well as customer expectations. Secondly, you have to be working directly with all the engineers, the product team. The actual developers who are either building or coding or whatever they're doing, the service of what your product is, then you need to be working with outreach. What does your outreach look like? Whether it's digital ads, whether it's going to conferences, whether it's hunting, you've got to be reaching and be very close with them so you're understanding what current conversations are going on. And then finally, you have to be working with leadership. At the end of the day, you have pretty much more answers than just about any other discipline within an organization because of the business you have to be put in. You have to make recommendations on all of those things to all of those people. So by default, you're constantly working with all those individuals. So for product marketers that feel like, oh my goodness, it's just a never ending. I'm chasing that wheel. I'm going <laughs> after it. Keep working hard. Always consider yourself to be the voice of that customer as well as the voice of the company to the customer. And you'll find yourself, you know, getting promoted throughout your career. 
Yeah, great perspective there. Great perspective. I think we can, as SDRs, relate in some way in the fact that we are bottom-up view of the business, working with yeah, you know, so many different cross-functional teams. But yeah, I think one of the things that actually I have planned for this podcast is actually to work with more product marketers and to be interviewed for, for these conversations. Because I think there's the perspective at a technical level, particularly in these in these technologies that we're using in sales development, is really key. One of the mm-hmm. people I'm chasing down for a large sales acceleration company is a product marketer. So actually, I'll probably awesome. send this episode to him. That's when great. We get to that point. Anyway, so this is that's good. Thank you for the background. Let's get into where text messaging fits in in the business. You know, I was with Verizon in mid 2000s on the front line selling in, in a B2B context. So this is pre-iPhone. This is when text messaging in the business was almost taboo. Right. You know, text messaging packages and but this isn't that. This isn't the internal dialogue necessarily that we're talking about. We're talking about a platform now, not just text messaging on our phones. And that one-to-one, There's, this is highly sophisticated work that you guys are putting together here. So before we get into the weeds here, can you kind of give us a broad picture of where text messaging fits in the business today in a current state? It's a great question. And so let's start at a very high level. Text messaging is the most urgent as well as intimate communication that you'll have with customers today. It's much more urgent than, say, email. It's much more urgent than phone calls because those are just put off or they're, quite frankly, ignored. And they're a lot more intimate than, say, just running commercials or ads or whatever that might look like. Text messaging, if your company doesn't adopt it in some way, shape, or form or fashion, you're way behind. But there's very few companies that don't adopt texting in one form or another. But here's what's unique about it. Unlike email, which is seen as, well, we're going to use email as either direct communication one-to-one or we're just going to blast particular messages. Text messaging has so many different use cases for a single company. One company can have several different types of use cases. Let me give you an example. Number one, they may just want to send you one-way communication to remind you of something, an event. Maybe you've purchased something, it's time to come pick it up, or maybe you've purchased something and it's out of stock. So they may use enable text messaging just one way with not the intention whatsoever of you responding. Marketing uses it to allow people to understand what discounts they might have, maybe send you coupon codes, maybe they sign you up for a communication thread that just shares with you updates and products. So there's that type of communication as well, which again is designed to send information that's absorbed by the customer, but you have no intention of the customer responding back. Customer support now, though, is using significantly using texting over text online because it's much more convenient for the customer. And you go back and forth resolving issues. So that's two-way communication. You have a customer service rep that jumps on it and goes back and forth with that customer, whether it's, hey, your car's ready in the shop, this is what we're seeing, et cetera. Your doctors are now sharing results from labs and you know diagnostic equipment, et cetera. They get your permission to share that and they'll go ahead and do that over texting. But then you'd look at sales. And sometimes, and we'll focus a lot of what we talked about today, many times the solutions that we're using in such popular ways on that side of the fence, when you go to sales, they expect you, yeah, yeah, we already have texting, just use it like this. And it's ineffective because sales is different, right? Sales is not customer representative. Sales is definitely not marketing blast. Sales needs to be what we talked about before. It has to be urgent and it needs to be intimate. It needs to be something that is between that customer, but that customer is definitely getting it and responding. So there's different things, but texting as a whole, has just overtaken the market as the most efficient and productive way to engage your customer base. Whether or not you want that engagement to be returned or you do expect it to be returned, it is the platform that is driving all communication. And for those of you that may be driving around your car or sitting at your desk and you're listening to this, you think, yeah, okay, maybe I'm not convinced. Let me ask you a question. If somebody sends you an urgent email, what do they generally do? They follow it up with a text. And they say, hey, I just shot you an email. Can you please take a look at that immediately? So or <laughs> or inter-office communication like a Slack. Black, they'll, yep. they'll send you Slack, right? Because Did you get again, my email? <laughs> that's right. Did you see the email? Hey, I need a response immediately. People are waiting. So that is when we think of texting, it is because it is urgent and whatnot. And here's another test to prove my theory. Grab your phone right now. How many unread emails do you have? Whatever that number is, 
I guarantee you it is divisible by about 40 of unread text messages you have. So I generally, when I get up and speak to large groups in person, I'll challenge everybody to hold their phone and say, who's got the most unread emails? So far, the highest I've seen is 128,000. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Myself, wow. I have 62,000. Yeah, you know, seriously, that's incredible. I told the man, I said, you know, maybe you ought to stop signing up for so many lists. But, you know, generally everyone's got over a couple of thousand right, unread right, emails. But right. texting, the only unread text that you will generally have is the text that you've been receiving since you've been doing something else. Because as soon as that something else is done, we all glance at our phone and we look at what urgent messages they need, we need to respond to. So texting is the form of urgent and intimate communication. And we can talk more about that, uh, that intimacy later on. But it is the thing that all companies are adopting, whether you're a company of two or three or whether you're a company of two or 3,000. And obviously, there's different platforms, different ways to scale that, different use cases and how sometimes you might have to have a couple of different type of texting platforms. But texting is really the communication for the future for our target audience. Fair enough. And, you know, I absolutely agree with the divisible number that you had there. I have probably in the 20,000 range of unread <laughs> emails, same thing, just right. a lot of lists and, and different things. But you're right. You know, the I have one unread message from my daughter right now that I will respond to <laughs> as soon as this hangs up. So it's absolutely. it's absolutely urgent. You're right. But with that, is it fair to say as an SDR using text messaging that a line could be crossed if we text too early. We all are getting direct numbers out of, you know, data service providers like Zoom Info. And, you know, so we have the direct numbers. And I think, you know, we're, we're seeing contact rates impacted as a result, you know, with everything that's happening in the world today. But the point of the matter is, help me address that with the audience. Where does text messaging fit within the SDR context? Is it appropriate to send someone a text when you haven't had a conversation yet? Or oh, It's a great, great question you're asking. And it is a very common concern for all large companies and small. Let me take one step back and let's describe okay. the use case of really what sales wants. What sales wants is they want someone they can sell to. And it's hard to sell to somebody who doesn't engage with you. Whether your sales are in store and you need people to actually come in, or maybe you close deals over the phone, or maybe it is across from a lunch table and you shake the hand and you know a deal is done. What you have to understand in terms of texting platforms, if you don't allow someone to agree to be texted, it's against the law to text them. So a lot of those concerns we set at rest immediately and say, yeah you obviously have to get someone's permission to text them. Matter of fact, you have to specifically say and explicitly say, is it okay that I text you? And they have to respond yes. Now, what I encourage others to do in every company or small organization, get that documented. So on our website, if you have form fills, you know, ask them for their cell phone and then put a click and say, by submitting, you allow me to text you. That's number one. Number two, if you're someone who does face-to-face -face business all the time, or you're a hunter and you're dialing people yourself, you're trying to find individuals. When you're in those conversations, ask them right out, hey, is it okay if I follow up with a text with you? Absolutely, that's great. And then if you're, again, hunting and someone actually picks up and say, hey, that's great. Hey, listen, let's confirm that appointment and we'll get that done. Is it okay that I text you? Have them opt in. The first message you send them should say, hey, thank you for allowing me to text you. Is it still okay? And let them confirm that. If you've done those steps, you'll always be within the law. Now let's tackle your question. Do people really want to be texts? Yes. Okay. And it's the most obvious answer in the world, but all of us still think we're living 10, 12, 15 years ago. Let me tell you why as an executive and, and others will hopefully agree and see the wisdom in this. If I get phone calls during the day, I don't answer them. I'm too busy. I'm either meeting with individuals or I'm on phone calls myself. I can't answer those. And I'm not going to respond to those phone calls on my drive home. I'm just not going to. However, if I've given someone permission to text me and they text me, there's very high likelihood that number one, I see the message. So whatever you wanted to say to me, I saw it. Second, there's a higher likelihood that I will respond to that and say, you know what? I can't talk now. It's pretty full. How about tomorrow? How about, how about we just 
do something maybe at 11 o'clock, that is far more likely to get them to respond than it is to, for them to pick up a phone or respond to your email. And as an executive and those that we sell to, whether you're an executive or not, it's common courtesy. When you call people constantly, and I'm not saying dialing is dead. It is absolutely not. You've got to do all channels. There's, I mean, that's just the nature of the sales rep. All channels are very important, but texting is the least intrusive. It's the least disruptive for the individual you're trying to reach out to. I can't tell you how many dozens of times I've talked to sales reps that just talk to me about Scipio and, and I'll ask them, so how's it been helping you? And they say, and they'll share with me almost the most common story ever. And that is, you know, it's so amazing because I'm at a game on Saturday and I have Scipio on my phone and boom, a text comes in. Someone I've been chasing all week, I've sent them a couple of texts and they say, hey, sorry, it's been a crazy week. How about we get together at such and such time next week? And if I hadn't been texting them, they're not calling me on a Saturday because you know, they just wouldn't. And they're probably not going to email you on a Saturday either because they're busy too. They're out doing things and they're getting things done. But a text is something that individuals will always read. That We, we know that because we always read our text, whether it's spam or not, we read it. And if it's somebody that has our permission to text them, we're much more likely to respond via text than we are any other method. So the SDRs and you SDR leaders begin to lose the fear today that people don't want to be text. Let me give you another stat. Over 70% of people in talking to a business would rather text that business than get on a phone. And that's truly because, again, it's disruptive to get on a phone. If, if I'm on a phone call, Derek, and you know this, if you answer a phone call or you call someone, you're in for at least two minutes, right? You've got to do the pleasantries. It's got to really quick. Hey, I'm calling about this, blah, 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 blah. I can shoot you a one sentence text. You can shoot me back a response. It covered everything that we would have covered in a two minute phone call. And it takes each of us about 10 seconds. That is why people would rather text because they're busy, not because the phone isn't effective. You can't close deals via text. I mean, you could, but let's not encourage that, right? We want to make sure people understand what they're buying and you, you understand what's being expected of you. But we need to have our phone conversations be very efficient because we're so busy. All of us, we've, we've got so many demands upon us and so many distractions around us that if we allow ourselves to fall into this pit of, oh, no, no, everything's got to be so personal. I got to take my time. We'll never move forward as an individual, as an organization. And so that's why texting becomes this great form. One last thing. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with an individual. I shared this with Donald Kelly, actually, a couple weeks ago. It's a very successful sales rep, and we were just chatting about things. And he's in B2B, right? Long sales cycles. He, you know, His sales cycles are probably anywhere from four to six months which isn't the longest out there, but you know, it's a long sales cycle. Not it's not transactional. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And as we go back and forth, I said, don't you believe this to be true? And he looks at me and just starts laughing. He says, Eric, I'm telling you something that is the absolute truth. And I actually have it written down. It's part of my process. And that is, if I'm not texting somebody, I'm probably not going to close that deal because I know, and I remind myself, text them, text them, make sure they're texting back. If someone is texting back and forth with me, my likelihood of closing that deal increases by 60%. Boom. 60%. And he tracks it. So that's part of his process. You know, all channels, he goes down all channels. The hard thing is about the texting as a sales rep and specifically for a company, sales reps are different, right? You've got girls and gals and guys and, and dolls and all these other individuals mm, that yeah. they they're aggressive, right? These are, these are type A personalities. They will grab their phone and they'll go at it. Well, if you're in a business that has turnover of sales reps, you can have someone leave you and they take all of those contacts with them because they're on their cell phone because they know texting works, right? And the conversations go out the door. So that's one of the problems that sales leaders, they, they know it, but they don't, they say, well, I, I can't, I don't know. Taking the Rolodex with them. That's right. And they do, and, they, and, and, and very, <laughs> I knew it. I knew exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> but they're taking these great conversations that can be used for the next rep that comes in, the next SDR that sits in that seat or BDR, ADM, however yeah. you want to call that well, individual. Let me, let me jump in on that, yeah. actually, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, please. Because you said something earlier about they had Scipio on their phone. And I think that's yeah. what the tie-in is here because anybody who's been listening thus far might still be visualizing 
you know, I got the phone number from Zoom Info. I plugged it into my iPhone here and I sent my prospect a text and now I'm waiting for them to reply. And it's siloed off from the general communications. It's not syncing with my CRM. So no one has visibility. To your point now, there's no controls around being able to kind of pick up that ball and run with it if there's a turnover in the sales org. So let's double click on what it means to have Scipio on your phone and what you meant by that. Like, How does an SDR or salesperson, a user, engage with Scipio and, and you know, walk yep. us through how that is set up uh, specifically. Yeah, you got it. And this goes to how Dipio skippers for, uh, or Scipio skippers differs from <laughs> probably 80 to 95% of all other texting platforms. And that is, it is not something that is designed as a one-way communication. So if I'm sitting in Salesforce or I'm sitting at HubSpot or, you know, Microsoft or whatever, and I want to send a quick message I'm not necessarily typing that right there in Salesforce and sending a one-off message. Instead, Scipio assigns each person their own 10-digit phone number. Now, you can use that phone number to dial out and call them, actually, or you can just use it as your texting line. But that 10-digit phone number is unique to just you and you only. You're not sharing that with other reps unless you absolutely wanted to. There are some customers that'll share numbers. But the point is, is, when you're texting out, you're getting texts coming back and forth. So you can do that obviously on your laptop, your desktop, or you know, your tablet. But there's also a Scipio app, a companion app that allows you to send and respond to messages wherever you're at. Now it is different than your cell phone number though. So it's gonna be your business line. One of the first benefits people loved about having Scipio is oh, this is so great. I keep my personal communication right, over here right. and I keep my business communication over here. So they loved it. You don't accidentally text a prospect something you were meant to send to your wife. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> right? That's so true. The other thing is from an organization, because your organization is paying for Scipio, when that mm. individual leaves, they just they can lock that account, they can see all those conversations, and they can transfer those conversations to the next person and even that same phone number if they wanted to. Or they could change the phone number altogether. The one thing about that's great about having a 10-digit number as well if someone were to call it, you can always just forward that to your cell phone so you can pick it up. It is you. And so people feel like, oh, well, well, wait a second. This is great. This isn't the robot reminding me of my meeting. It's not the robot reminding me that I need to come in and, and drop my car off for so an my verification change. code from Google. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and you know what? And those things are still very valuable, right? right Businesses right, right. use them and we love them. We appreciate it. But what this is, is no, that's my sales rep from that company. That's my inside source. And I can go back and forth with him or her anytime I want. And that is super valuable for a sales rep because they feel like I've got that communication. So when you talk about intimacy, the great thing about having your own 10-digit number as a sales rep that you can text whether you're sitting at your desk or you're actually already at home and you're eating dinner is when you send that back and forth to those individuals, they know it's you, you know it's them. and you are way more likely to build a relationship with that customer, not just to close that deal, but if they need to upgrade, they need to rebuy and create loyalty in your product because they feel like they have a person they connect with. There's so many, you know, these conversations I have, I talk to our users all the time and many of them will say, you know, even after post-sale and I've transitioned it over to customer support and those people are using Scipio to, to talk to individuals, I still get texts back from that customer all the time, you know, ask me different questions and, and I love it because that person sees like, oh, I have a problem. You know what? I know my sales rep, Johnny. He's great. If I text him, he'll, he's right on it because salespeople generally are, right? We're just, we're always Johnny anxious on the spot. Yeah. And they, yeah. yeah there, that's, might be, exactly. there might be an order behind that. that. That's right. So that's why it's so great to have that personalization. So yeah, absolutely. You want it on your phone. You want to be able to you know, walk around with that at any time, but the company owns that number, right? They own that account. So if something, you know, if you left, they shut it down. They don't lose that customer conversation. They can Win -win transition over to somebody else. It, yeah, it I mean, absolutely as, a, is. as an employee, I like the idea of keeping it separate, you know, bring your own device. And that, that era was cool and great. And to my point, you know, those text messages and things are all grouped together. So having that yeah. siloed office is good from a user perspective. And I'm sure yeah. from a compliance and security standpoint, and control of you know the data 
the, yeah. the leadership team definitely appreciates that. But there's also a Chrome flyout, a Chrome extension as well that yes. an SDR can engage with that with. Is that right? That's correct. So let's talk about integration and what this looks like with your entire tech stack. Please. We have customers that will use the product as solopreneurs, right? There's someone who's just starting their business. They go out and they're just winning business. So they really don't have a CRM. They use Scipio as their CRM. Now, I don't, I don't encourage that because we don't have all the tools that a Salesforce or HubSpot or all these great other platforms have but they will use it that way. As you're growing in the size of your business and the complexity of your business, Scipio will integrate with those other CRMs. So you can do several things. Number one, if somebody goes on your website and says, yeah, actually I am interested in this. I'd like to download that white paper. And this is something I've been thinking about quite a bit. When that comes in, obviously we talked about this before, capture that cell phone, tell them that you you will be reaching out via text or email. When that comes in, Depending on what your marketing team is doing with their marketing automation software, if you score it and it says, look, I need to reach out to that person immediately, you can trigger the event directly from your CRM into Scipio and send out a text five, six minutes later. Now, you don't want to send it out 30 seconds because what is that? Yeah. (laughs) It's a robot. You know, it's it's programmed. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, that's not real. Right. But we do this at our company as well. It comes at, you know, lead comes in, we wait a few minutes and we send out a message just says simply this. Hey, Derek, this is Eric from Scipio. Thanks for downloading our white paper. I'd love to chat about it. Do you have some time now? And you leave it with a question. And so if I'm you, I'm like, I haven't even read the white paper. No, so I'm not going to chat about it now. I said, hey, not now, maybe later. Now, as an SDR, I'm working around and I'm, I'm just going. And all of a sudden, Scipio message pops up and I look over and I see your response. I don't see my outgoing message because my CRM already sent it through my Scipio number. But I saw your response. And so then I can jump in really quick and say, okay, thanks. I'll reach out tomorrow or maybe tomorrow we can talk or something like that. So, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is an actual person. And you get the permission. So if you, and you got the permission, you're good to go. But they know if they have questions and they want to talk to someone, there's already somebody there. They, my goodness, they've already texted me. So then you can use email for what it's great for, sending a lot more information, right? sending other white papers, use cases, et cetera, without it being the mechanism that just constantly knocks on the door. You can use texting as that early engagement. So that's kind of the maturity of getting up and increasing it into your, or integrating it with your CRM. Now, you and me and all of us, we know companies that the sales reps live and breathe inside Salesforce. They hardly ever, ever go outside of Salesforce. They just stay in there all day long. Well, you can do Chrome extensions with Scipio. So if you were in a customer profile, you can just click on the Scipio logo and down drops the whole conversation. You can see what's been going on, what hasn't been going on, and you can send messages directly from there. So Scipio allows you to not interrupt your current process, but make it better. So when I revisit what is different about Scipio than say any other quick texting platform, because a lot of others will just send a quick SMS and then they're great. There's no problem with that. You can schedule follow-up messages with Scipio. So if I, let's go back to the example. You've downloaded that white paper. I sent you a quick note and you didn't respond. Well, I could wait a couple of hours and automatically send you another and say, hey, if today's not a good day, I'll try to touch base with you tomorrow. And I can schedule messages that will go out seven times, 20 times, 180 times. It doesn't matter. And I can just constantly just send you something quick. But over time, Obviously, I want to change what I'm saying. That like, hey, can I talk today? Right. Can I talk yeah, today? Because yeah, that's yeah. lame. Yeah. I'd say things like, hey, clearly, Derek, you're busy. You may not even be getting this. Hopefully, I have your correct phone. But I'm always here when you're ready. Weekend, weekday, it doesn't matter. Just reach out to me. And then I would schedule something to go out three weeks or four weeks. It's amazing to me how many how many times, and we, we all know this, right? We know the stats. You got to touch someone eight to I heard someone the other day, eight to 50. I love that number because it gives you this. Yeah, never stop, right? Right. But we know we have to have so many touches before we get a hold of people. And that's not because they're not interested. Now, sometimes it is. They're not interested. But a lot of times we're busy. Right. Persistence overcomes resistance, guys. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Going back to what we talked about before, if they are going to respond, so much easier for them to just send you a text. And that's what you want. You want to make it easy for them to do business with you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you've introduced yourself via text and via like follow up in that text, so they know 
no, 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 I'm not just hitting you once and walking away. I actually know about you and I'm going to continue to reach out now and again. You can run, but you can't hide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't want to sound Yeah, no, we're not (laughs) creeping, guys. Hey, I like how you, you give us a tactic specifically about, you know, landing page, getting that authorization, getting that mobile number at the top of the funnel. So everybody who's listening to this right now, marketers, salespeople, SDRs, take note on this. If you are trying to find a way to incorporate text messaging into the business earlier in the sales process so that you can take advantage of all the things that Eric is talking about here, there is a very specific tactic there. Once you have the mobile number at the top of the funnel and form fill is taken inbound motion, for example, and they acknowledge the, and it's okay to text them, or you send that text as a follow-up because you got the mobile number saying, hey, this is me, you reach out anytime, I'm here to help. When they do reply to that, you know, you effectively have the approval inherent to that. And so think about this, right? Most often, I think, in my experience, text messaging becomes very useful or not useful, I should say, but very more utilized mid-funnel, right? When we get into POC, when we get into quote review, when we get into signing contracts, those later stages in the funnel, it's very common that our account executive brethren have those mobile numbers and they're engaging late stage because they may have a collaborative buying process with that prospect who is trying to get this technology brought in house. And so naturally, yes, you see text messaging, I think, used a lot there. But what we were were trying to talk about here is how does an an SDR team diversify their channels more, right? We don't want to be not only not saying the same thing over and over again, but you don't don't want to be using the same channels over and over again. So I, I think that that brings me to my next question, Eric. You know, you talked about the CRM integration. So it sounds like you have Salesforce, HubSpot, I imagine Dynamics and some, you know, the core mature modern CRMs are on, on your list. But what about the engagement platform? You mentioned an important point about programming follow-ups within the Scipio platform, which is a really cool feature. Is there an integration with sales engagement tools like Outreach, Sales Loft, Zoom Info Engage and these other, you know, players? Do you, are you engaged there and are you seeing text messaging as a touch in these sequences? 100%. As a matter of fact, if it isn't part of your sequencing, for those who use sequencing tools and they're fantastic, you need to introduce it immediately. But we'd absolutely do that. So we'll take triggers off of like HubSpot sequencing, for example, and we'll send out automated. We do this in-house. We'll do automated emails. We'll have the calling and so forth. But we'll also sequence our text to go out at specific times as well in that now, the one thing that Scipio doesn't do that a lot of people would like to see in the future, and it, it is on our development roadmap, and that is when messages come in to trigger other sequences on other platforms. We don't do that quite yet. But honestly, if you're getting those responses, you've won. You've got the engagement, and then you can, you can move things forward yourself. So it's, it's great to do that. But in terms of what Scipio will do, we're kind of overkill on the automation ourselves. So we will have rules and you can set up these things such as if somebody completes this particular set of messages and they haven't responded or they responded in this way, they've said these things, then move them over to the next one and message them the other way. So keyword campaigns are fairly common. People know what that is, but I'm talking about the next step to that. So, hey, we're interested in blah, 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 blah. Is that something that interests you? Yes, I am. Okay, great. And then you start a whole nother type of messaging follow-up and campaigns that will go through. And you could obviously see those through Chrome extensions in your on your other CRMs. But I believe that, and you and I had talked offline about this, I really am a convert when it comes to an, an evangelist of you got to hit every channel. We were talking about personal direct mail. One of the most effective things you can do sometimes individuals that you've been chasing and you know they're interested, they're just not getting back to you send them something in the mail, a physical thing they can actually hold. I love that. It works. Trust me, it works. It's a great form to really grab their attention. Now you got to get clever on what you send though. Don't send them a postcard. That's ridiculous. But $10 Starbucks card. (laughs) That's right. So So impersonal. It it really is. So can I share one with you that I loved? And when someone is really good, if an SDR or a BDR, however you want to say, if they're really good, I'll hear their pitch. I don't care what it is. One time, several years ago, I picked up trying to learn guitar and I don't go on social media very often, but I happened to get on and, and I posted something about buying my first Martin guitar because I was happy about it because some, some buddies of mine play a lot. That person saw that text and it had been a year and a half or they saw that, the I post, think I, yeah. it was on Twitter and sends me 
a manila folder with an advanced, an adult guide to learning guitar. And I saw that and I thought, oh my gosh, this guy's been chasing me for like two months. I immediately called him. I said, number one, thanks for, thanks for the book. And actually I will use it. Third, tell me what it is you're doing and let me see if it's a good fit for us. Because that to me, it absolutely stopped me and you know, everyone gets letters and stuff, but that was real personal and really great. That's how your phone calls need to be, right? They don't want to hear a robo call and you just reading off a script. We hate that. That's the way your emails need to be. The emails need to be thought out and clever and your texts need to be the same way. But you also need to send videos like that. Every single channel you're doing, the more personal you can make it, the greater engagement you're going to get. We just feel like texting is the most adopted, urgent communication there is. And so it's the most effective. But everyone, all of us, you, me, everybody listening to this podcast, we do not want to be treated as one of the masses. We want to be treated as unique. We're, we are, because we are unique, right? We have our own needs. And so at the very minimum, you better be using my name instead of, hey, first name. Oh my goodness. I can't, every, when I see that, I cringe and I almost want to respond to their sales leader and just say, hey, I'm so sorry. Do you know what's going on here? You got to change things. But yeah, every single channel is very, very important and texting has to be a part of that. God, got it. Thank you so much for that. And one of the taglines for Scipio is business texting for humans, text like a human. And I think you, you touched on some of this already. And after this, I want to transition to learn a little bit more about your sales development go to market motion there at Scipio. But what does text like a human mean? Well, it just means kind of what we just discussed, being personal. People, if if you're going, if you really want them to respond to you and you want them to, to send something back, you better be texting them that same way. So one of the things that we do, we have consultants here on staff and they help a lot of our customers with just messaging. And that is, here's a couple of rules and I'm going to give them to you free for those who are listening on the podcast. Never treat texting like the other version of email. If you're sending them something that's like five or six sentences long and it's got a space between their name and a space above your name, yeah, you're about to be blocked or completely ignored going forward. They'll read maybe the first sentence of that first one, but you're done. So we are humans and texting, the reason why it's remained this urgent and a very intimate relationship of communication is because we believe we're reading from a human. We know it looks like a box, it's short code, it's quick, it's fast, or there's long messages that we don't look at. But the point is, is we believe that on sales especially, you need to text like you are someone that they want to talk to, that you are somebody that will respond to their text when they respond to you, that it's timely, it's efficient, and you're someone who really cares. And you care enough to make that message personal. Obviously, another couple of things, a lot of people think, oh, I know how to be personal. I'll use a ton of emojis and it's really funny. You know, that's not so funny if you're a professional. A lot of people don't like that. One emoji here now is, is okay after you've established a relationship. The other thing, sending pictures, sending videos, sending gifts, sometimes is very inappropriate for that, that, that texting. So if you're a human and you're standing in front of that person, and you're having a conversation, are you going to make inappropriate jokes? Of course you're not. So well, why the, would you send The thing a, is, I yeah. think that's the thing is sometimes, you know, we use humor to separate ourselves and to be memorable in that early sales process. And it can yes. be a double-edged sword, right? I think yes. for me personally, when folks are outreaching to me and I get the, like the white flag message, oh, you must have fallen into a ditch and you can't respond. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Not funny, not even remotely. And, you know, look, do I have a sense of humor? Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's, you know, when we're in the business setting, you know, you're asking yeah. for time, you know, in outbound. I didn't reach out to you. You're reaching out to me cold. Yeah. I think humor can help separate us, can help us stand out and in using, but I think it's a very fine line. And before you Absolutely. can offend somebody and yep. maybe encroach onto the wrong protected you know, area that you should not be talking yes. about. Right. And, you know, we were talking about the direct mail piece and, you know, we have another guest that we're talking to that is in that space. And that's what we're talking about is, and, you know, personalizing our approach, you know, very thoughtfully with good, you know, research. Sometimes the research can be even, you know, AI based where we can, but I love that we're, we're honing in on this here toward the end. And that fact that, you know, text messaging is intimate, 
text messaging is urgent, like you mentioned at the start at the top of the call, and it is the best way to get through to somebody. I know for me, for sure, my number's everywhere. And if an SDR was to text me, don't start doing it now. But if they did text me, <laughs> they'd probably get a response just because I'm in that yeah. space. But yeah. but this has been good. So I think we've learned about Scipio. We know where your text messaging, the platform sits and you know in, in, in the stack and why an SDR team should thinking about using Scipio. Can you kind of give us an inside view of Scipio's sales development organization? How large is it? How are you structured? Did you always have an SDR team? Is it relatively new? Can you kind of just give us yeah. you know your thoughts on where and how you're set up? Uh, great question. Because we use Scipio, we're uh, much more efficient in our sales process than I think that I've ever seen because of what we're able, our engagement rates. So we have a fairly small SDR team. I think we have 10 SDRs, and then we have a handful of account executives that work on larger accounts. Most people start Scipio by just going online and getting a single account, trying it out, and then upgrading from there. For those using that need multiple numbers, they need teams, and they need to see what that dynamic looks like, and they've never used it before. Those are the people our SDRs are targeting and going after and talking to and and scheduling for our account executives. So typically, the typical user of ours, our company has been really focused on the solopreneur for a long time. But now that we've branched out into multi-user in a kind of a layout that's a lot easier to use than single accounts because you have oversight, you have admin control, you have ways to share messaging throughout your entire team. There's a lot of capability there. Because of that, our targeting has been quite a bit more sophisticated, our target audience. So our SDR team has grown accordingly. Whereas our AEs have always been the same because we've converted a lot of people online. But now those those AEs are now really working out longer term deals, larger accounts. You know, anyone who has a team of 10 to seven or 800 people, those are a little bit longer deals to close and all the steps. So we have to have kind of that more enterprise rep. But the SDR team has grown since we've increased that. Beforehand, it was a lot of conversion online. We had a freemium model for a long time. We opened up and let everybody use Scipio for free during COVID because we had a lot of businesses that huge. A, yeah, they had to close their doors. They, they, you know, they were they were struggling. And so we thought, you know what? Stop paying for Scipio, just use it for free. We just ended that program probably five or six months ago, as we're now coming out of and businesses are much more available to be open. But yeah, so our sales process is convert a lot of people online and then those individuals looking for specific custom type of deals or they need consulting help. There really is a messaging issue that they need help with. Those SDRs ferret those things out. They hunt them, but they also come in off of hot leads off our website or or you know Facebook ads, Instagram ads, things of that nature. Are your SDRs hybrid or are they role specialized? Do you have SDRs that are just doing inbound and others that are just doing outbound? No, that's great. Great question. So they are hybrid. So at first we thought about doing that, like, let's just have an inbound team only and that's all they do. But we like to keep people real active and also appreciate just how hard the problem they're trying to solve is. And so early on, we said, no, we're all going to have you hunt as well. So hunt for people because then they feel the pain that Scipio solves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they can you know, empathize with the people that they're talking to, like, no, this is the better way to engage, et cetera. And through that engagement process, people say, oh, yeah, I totally get this. How uh, you're using it, that works. So Yeah, yeah the we thing I like about hybrid SDRs too is that there's a, you know, role specialization absolutely works. But one thing that we find in our engagements at Tenbound is that, you know, when you have a hybrid SDR, in, in, inherently, they're able to pick up on that inbound pain and leverage mm-hmm. it in their outbound messaging. So when People customers are it. leaning forward yep. with, hey, this is what I'm struggling with, this is the problem I'm looking to solve, all that turns into great probing questions and value statements and things of that sort on the outbound. So for those that are yeah. listening, definitely you know, role specialization has its place and it definitely works, but you still have to find a way to bridge that knowledge gap when you break, when you decouple that, that function. So. I think yeah, I love that. An important call out there. What other technology is Scipio using in the sales development team outside of Scipio, obviously? Is there any other technology that you're using to crack into new accounts? 
Yeah, obviously we use a lot of what others use. We'll use email. We use, we did have an auto dialer. We're kind of transitioning away from that. Instead, we're just, we just dial out our own Scipio numbers and HubSpot. We use Vidyard, which is an excellent tool Good as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very engaging. Good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then we also, we do the mail, but we do mail very limited. So, you know, I'll have my SDRs that, that will come to me and say, okay, I have this handful of accounts. This is what my, and I want them to pitch me their idea. And then we get on board and we go for it because that kind of covers that hurdle of, now I want you to personalize this. I'm not going to just give you a bunch of this and then you just send them to random people without thought. Mm-hmm. So when they come in with good thoughts, we take care of that for them. Very good. Very good. Well, good to know. And I like the video call out. You've mentioned it a couple of times. We've talked about direct mail. Yeah. We're talking about text messaging. Obviously, that's the core focus of our conversation today is a text messaging platform from Scipio, everyone. But we're also talking about video. We have to diversify our outreach people. You know, LinkedIn, email, and phone have become highly congested and they're not dead, but they are yeah. on the cusp. You know, I was yeah. speaking to a senior executive not too long ago who says he's scared to pick up his phone now with local caller ID and those types of <laughs> right. features. You know, he, his, uh. his wife and kids can't get through to him. You know, same with LinkedIn messages. People are not even opening their LinkedIn messages anymore because we're just bombing people in, in LinkedIn Agreed. now. So the thoughtful SDR, the one who has a, an offering that genuinely can help a business unfortunately is running up against a lot of resistance in channels. So look at Scipio, everyone. Definitely look at Scipio, check them out. They have a tremendous platform, all sorts of good features involved and make it easy to use, make it affordable. And if you're a CFO, there's all sorts of controls in place to make sure that we're compliant and we're not getting ourselves in trouble. That's correct. And that good stuff. So any parting thoughts, Eric, before we jam? Yeah, parting thoughts is what what a joy it is just to visit with you. It's very easy to do so, and and I'll say I'll say one other shout out and a call out because I had a great conversation with the head of sales of Women in Sales a couple of weeks ago at an event that we hosted with Donald C. Kelly, and we were talking about diversity. Listen, for those sales leaders out there, you have to have a diverse sales department because your buyer is diverse. So I know sometimes we kind of get locked into like, oh, that person's really good. And let's have them bring in their friends and the people that they know. Don't get caught in that trap. Be a very diverse group because the buyer and your target audience is super diverse as well. Right. Neurodiversity is your new competitive advantage. Good point. And yeah. you, you get that through all sorts of other diversity approaches, you know, naturally. Yeah. So good call out. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you bet. I almost got to Donald there for a second. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> Eric, before we let you go, how can people find you? I think you mentioned Twitter earlier. If people want to find you. You know what? Don't get me on social. I okay. don't respond. The, the only platform I really go to is LinkedIn. And I love what you said. Don't sell me on LinkedIn. Connect with me. I'll have conversations with you. But LinkedIn is probably the place I frequent the most. But you go to Scipio.com. If you really want to hear what we have to pitch to you, just send a message and say, I want Eric to pitch it to me. And I'll do it. There you go. All right. Cool. Well, Eric, thank you so much for this. It's been awesome. You, you have a good rest of the day. And thank you for tuning into the podcast, everyone.